Thanks for tuning into the Central Church Podcast. We exist to introduce people to Jesus and help them follow Him. To learn more about Central, access tons of content, and find the location nearest you, download our Central Church app. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message, and we're so glad you could join us today. All right, welcome everybody. I want to say a huge shout out not only to our Central Henderson location, but to all of our Central locations joining us this weekend. A big welcome to Central Summerlin. Thank you guys for being with us today. To Central Sunrise Mountain and Southern Highlands, we're grateful for you. To our Central Kingman family, thanks for joining us. We're always grateful for those of you who are watching online and for those of you who are joining us in our partnership with God Behind Bars and different prison facilities around the country. Thank you guys for being with us today. Well, I am uh, glad that you're here. We're gonna talk about a really important topic today, and that is the topic of taking a next step in our lives. I uh, walked into the house this last week, and when I walked in, I came in through the uh, garage, and our garage door enters into the laundry room, and uh, that's like a nuclear waste zone, and I entered into the laundry room, and I smelled the most awful smell. I mean, horrible, incredible smell. It almost knocked me over. I didn't have to wonder what it was. I already knew what it was. Because we had a bulldog who's incontinent, wearing diapers, and a poopy diaper had been left just sitting right there in the laundry room. Who would have done such a thing? And I mean, I was hit with this smell, and I'm like, oh, welcome home. And I walked around the corner, and there's my whole family just sitting on the couch right there, like, like 10 yards from this horrible, poopy, messy diaper. And I, I'm like, do you guys smell that? And they all just looked up at me, and they said, smell what? I'm like, this is rank, and it's through the whole house. And it just reminds me, listen, you can get so accustomed to the stink that you don't even realize it stinks anymore. You know what I'm saying? You can get around the stuff so much. You can, you can adjust to your problems for so long that eventually you don't even see them anymore. And uh, that was a moment for me just standing there realizing, okay, you guys need to get out of the house today. Everybody's been inside a little too long because this is bad and all the candles in the world aren't gonna make this go away in a short time. It's gonna take a while. But I think we as people, we often can find ourselves in a situation where we adjust to the stink in our lives, we adjust to the problems in our lives, we adjust to the situation in our lives, and then it keeps us from moving into our purpose. It holds us back. And there's a word for this, and that is the word comfort zone, or two words actually, the comfort zone. We get in the comfort zone, and that's where everything kind of feels good, and it's familiar, and we like it, and it's, it's the same, and it's, it's comfortable. It's great. The comfort zone can be an awesome place. That's a place you want to go and take a deep breath and relax. You're in your comfort zone. That's wonderful. But just don't buy property there. Because if you buy property in the comfort zone, what's going to happen is eventually you're going to slide into another zone called the complacent zone. Come on, somebody. Right? And we've all spent time in the complacent zone. Hannah said something on our life story right uh, in the middle of our uh, weekend experience here at Central. She said uh, one of her phrases, and I'm paraphrasing, but was, I have to step out of my comfort to step into my purpose. 
And you know, it's interesting, that is exactly what I wanna talk to you about today. Sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone to step in to God's purpose zone in our lives. We gotta be willing to take next steps. Now, the last few weeks, we've been talking about how we can live on purpose, and uh, we've been looking at some simple steps that we can take that I think can help us not only stay on purpose as individuals, but also help us as a church family really accomplish the mission God has for us and live on purpose. And so I've had a little graphic here the last few weeks. Let me just talk you through it again. Week one, we talked about this first step, which was simply to attend the weekend to experience God. And we said, look, you got you to gotta get around hope if you want to get more hope in your life. You got to get around God's word if you want God's word to get in your life. You got to get around people of faith if you want faith to grow in your life. And so the phrase we've been using around here at Central is simply this, keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. When you're tired, when you're worn out, when you're excited, no matter what's going on in your life, just keep showing up because when we show up, we experience God and we always leave filled up. So attend the weekend. Second thing is this, invite a friend to share hope. And we looked at this last weekend. All of us are where we are today because somebody invited us, brought us along, prayed for us, invested in us, right? And now it's our time to pave the way for somebody else. And that can come through a simple invite. I put up on social media, hey, you know, tag a friend who may have invited you to church or been a big part of your spiritual life. And I couldn't believe the amount of comments on just on Instagram of people tagging friends and saying, you know, thank you to my neighbor, thank you to my realtor, thank you to, you know, all these people. It was all these thank yous. And they didn't even know, they're not even necessarily connected to them anymore. It's sort of like, hey, if you're out there, thank you because you invited me, I took a step and it's made a huge impact in my life. So invite a friend to share hope. We looked at that last weekend. This weekend I wanna to talk to you about this idea. Take a next step to follow Jesus, and the next week we're gonna look at give generously to rescue others. So take a next step to follow Jesus. You know, when I walked in and there was that horrible diaper, you know, I, I didn't just kind of let it sit there, I, I took a next step. I turned to my wife, Lori, and I said, Lori, you got to get that cleaned up. <laughs> you know that didn't happen because I'm still alive and I'm still here. <laughs> and I walked in and I got the diaper and I cleaned the stuff up, right? And, you know, every now and then you get a diaper like that and it's not a washer. You know what I'm saying? You just chuck it. So I just took it out and threw that one away. Goodbye. We're done. If you don't take next steps, you're not gonna go anywhere, not only in your personal life, but in your spiritual life. If you will take next steps, your faith will start to take you places. If you will take next steps, your faith will start to take you places. So I wanna talk about how we can take some spiritual steps today. Philippians chapter one, beginning in verse six. When we get to the highlighted word, please read it out loud here with me. It's how we make sure everybody here at Central is awake and ready to go. Philippians chapter one, beginning in verse six. Paul writes these words. He says, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will what? Continue. He's gonna continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is working. He is doing his work, and he is going to continue to do his work. Turn to the person next to you and just say, God's not done yet. God is not done yet. Some of you are like, Phew. 
I thank God for that, <laughs> right? He's not done. You know, I think all of us would say, you know, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be, right? I'm on the journey. Faith is not a finish line. It's a journey. It's a journey. And the rest of our journey is a journey of allowing God to work in us. Now notice he said God does the work. God called you. God saved you. And the same grace that God saved you with when you believed in him and trusted him is the same grace that he will carry you along with. God isn't finished with you. He's not going to leave you by the side of the road. He's not going to walk away from you when you fall into sin and make mistakes. He knew what he was getting into, right? He knew your issues when you placed your faith and trust in him. God began the work, God will finish the work. That's good news. But there's a way that we can partner with God by stepping out of that comfort zone and stepping in to our purpose. And one, of, I'm going to look at three simple things today, but one is this, to simply get fed in your spiritual life to get fed in your spiritual life. Now toddlers, I love toddlers. Toddlers are funny, they're awesome, they're amazing. You can cuddle a toddler, you can hang with a toddler, you can trick a toddler, you know, it's great. But they also can be unreasonable and irrational and absolutely demand their own way, right? And so I've loved some of these images that moms have put up about their kids throwing absolute meltdown fits over things that they were trying to help them with that weren't good for them. Like, here's this kid, check him out, full tilt laying on the ground crying at Old Navy. She says, I threw away the gum he was chewing that he found on the side of a trash can in Old Navy. Total meltdown mode, right? Total meltdown mode. All right, let's go to one. Here's the next one. Uh, she doesn't want to come out. You really need to get out of that situation there, honey. All right, one more. I love this one. I wouldn't buy her the Dolly movie for Christmas. Look, it's Chucky. Uh, kids can be irrational. They don't always know what's best for them. And that's why they need, they're dependent, right? They're dependent on parents to help make decisions for them, to help them in their journey. And the same is true when we start out in the spiritual journey. We need to be fed. We need help. We need somebody to walk alongside of us. Look at what uh, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 2. It says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a, now notice this phrase, full experience of salvation. Cry out for this what? Nourishment, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Now just leave that up for a minute. Look at that phrase, the full experience of salvation. Listen, you experience salvation when you place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Through that simple act of faith, you experience the gift of forgiveness, God's spirit coming to live within you. You begin a spiritual journey with him. God is moving and working in your life. You are already saved, but there is more to your salvation than just forgiveness. Right? There's more to your salvation than just that beginning line of faith. That faith isn't a finish line, it's a journey, right? And the more is a full experience of salvation that, listen, we're gonna grow into the rest of our lives. We keep growing into it. We keep, you never get to the end of that. Full, the full experience of what God has done, is doing, and will do in your life and in mine. And so if we're growing, then we'll continue to experience more and more 
of what that salvation is really all about. So he says, cry out for nourishment. Ask God to, to provide that nourishment for you in your life. How do you get that nourishment? Well, if you're young in the faith, or even if you've been a follower of Jesus for a long, long time, but you, know, you're, you, you haven't really dived deep in your faith, I would say that uh, you know, church and just showing up is a huge part of that. It's where you get fed God's word and teaching. It's where you get people to pray for you and encourage you. It's where you get charged up to go back out into the week. It's a big part of being fed, and we all need to be fed. In fact, I've got uh, some little props up here, and this one is a baby spoon. Because Peter says, like newborn babes, crave spirit, pure spiritual milk, crave pure spiritual nourishment. Now, when my kids were little, I used to love to feed them. And I can remember doing, you know, all, all the things that you do with little kids, right? Come on, you guys know, right? Like, I'm the, you know, you do the plane we're coming in, you know, and, and you go in for the landing, right? And if they like it, everything's cool. But if it's, they don't like it, then it's a whole other conversation. All the little, huh? I remember like, yeah, and then you sort of land the plane. I remember my son looking at me and then his little eyes got real beady. <laughs> you know, right back out on my face. He's like, I do not want the strain peas. Where's the pudding that you sneaked in last week? Okay, no, just kidding. Never happened. But we need them to eat that nourishment because if they eat that nourishment, they will grow. And we gotta be fed spiritually so that we will grow. Now sometimes, uh, you know, people can uh, be at a place in their life, and I've been there in my life, where you feel like, God, I'm just not being fed. You know, I mean, I go to church or whatever, and I'm just, I'm just not being fed. I need, I need more. And um, there's a couple things that we can do with that. Sometimes the tendency when we feel that way is to blame. We wanna look around and we wanna blame our church. I've seen it a million times. You wanna blame your pastor. You wanna blame your small group leader. You wanna, you know, you wanna blame people around you because you're not feeling fed, right? And I get that. But what I found in my life is I had to look in the mirror one day and realize the person that's primarily responsible for my spiritual growth and development is me. It's me. And so if I'm not feeling fed, I gotta feed myself. Right? I gotta take ownership of that in my life and not look around and start blaming other people, but step up in my own life and say, what do I need to do so that I can spiritually be fed and nourished in my life? And there's a couple things that you can do here at Central to help you on that journey. Uh, one is baptism. If you've never been baptized, we're gonna have an opportunity across all of our experiences and all of our locations for you to take that step of baptism today at the end of our experience. Uh, another step you could take is first step. It's a great way to learn more about God and how to follow him and how to really plug into the life of the church. And first step is right around the corner at each of our locations. Uh, another thing is celebrate recovery, a great community where you can come together and deal with hurts and habits and hangups. And you can get more information about all those ministries across our locations at the next step area after service. Just go up and say, hey, I'm interested in this. And we would love to tell you more about what's happening there. But those are all ways that you can get fed. And if they come to the end of all of that and you realize it's not enough, well, you're ready for the next step. And that is to feed yourself. To feed Yourself. I remember when my kids were uh, growing up, and you know, I'd always have to feed them. I'd always have to do everything for them. I'd, I remember, you know, they would they call out from the other room, well, "You can I have a burrito?" Can I? And you're just always on doing that. But then they got to a certain age, if you know what I'm saying, and finally they called out, or better yet, my daughter would text me from the other room, "Dad, will you bring me a burrito?" Dad says, "No." 
Get up off that precious backside. Walk to the microwave on your two feet. God gave you as a gift and put the burrito in the microwave and do it yourself. Come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about? Right? Because I needed my kids at one point to move out from under me doing everything for them in the food world and mom doing everything for them to realize that they can feed themselves. Same is true in our lives spiritually. If we'll step up and begin to reflect on the fact that we need to make some changes in our life, we can actually feed ourselves. See, if you're coming to church on the weekend and you feel like you're not being fed, I wanna suggest the problem probably isn't the church, probably isn't the teaching, probably isn't all the things that we think it is. It's probably because you're not activating your faith from one weekend to the next. So you gotta own, how am I gonna activate my faith and my relationship with God between weekends, right? And it can just be a few minutes a day, and, it, and there's all kinds of freedom in how you can do it. Philippians chapter two, verse 12 says this. Philippians 2, 12 says, uh, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now look at that, work hard. So God does the work, we already saw that, but now Philippians says, hey, you work hard. You do some work to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is what? Working in you. So you work hard, why? Because God's doing the work in you. God hasn't abandoned you in it, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So there's some things we can do as well. I know in my own life, uh, all summer, I've just been engaging in a simple discipline. It's made a real impact. I just wanna share it with you. Um, I go out, as, I'm, I'm a morning person, so I get up early, 6 a.m., and uh, every morning, 6 a.m., I go sit outside. This is a perfect time of year to be sitting outside at 6 a.m., I'm telling you. You don't wanna be out of one, but at 6 a.m., it's awesome. And I take my app called the Bible app. You can download it for free on any device that you've got. Just search the Bible app, right? Won't cost you a thing. It's got all kinds of Bible translations and all that. I go to the New Living Translation, and every day I go to a new psalm. And what I'm doing, a psal the psalms are uh, the songbook and the prayer book of Israel in the Old Testament. So every day I just sit out there and I go to the next psalm. And I start the psalm. Uh, I think this week it was like, you know, uh, you know, Lord, I, I sing to you, I give praise to you uh, because you are good. And I stop on that. And I just close my eyes and I don't necessarily say anything out loud, just in my heart and my life. I just say, God, I thank you because you are good. You are awesome. And I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be in your world. I'm grateful to have your purpose. Then I open my eyes. Then I read the next sentence. God, I thank you for that. You know, and I just pray through that psalm. Right? And it might take me five minutes. It might take me 30 minutes. I don't really have a timer on that. But, you know, I'm, I'm working through that, praying through that. I pray for you. I pray for the central family every morning. I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids every day. I'm praying that God will move and work in your life and their life and my life, that he will bless us and protect us. And this summer has just been so rich for me digging into the Psalms, praying through a Psalm every day. I feel like um, at the, by the end of summer, I just feel so spiritually charged up. And so I just pass that on to you as one simple thing that you could do if you wanted to, to help you move between the weekends in your relationship with God. But there's other things you can do. Uh, Gary Thomas wrote a book called Sacred Pathways. Gary Thomas, Sacred Pathways. It's powerful. And uh, in this book, he talks about how some of us uh, have a relational pathway. So the idea of like sitting outside, reading your phone Bible on your app alone, 
right? For some of you will be more like torture. You don't read well, you don't like to be alone, you like to be around other people, like, that's okay, you don't have to do it that way, but if you're wired up relationally and you get all of a sudden in a group with other people and you start studying the Bible together, things are gonna come alive, all of a sudden it's gonna start making sense because you probably have a relational pathway to God. So if that's your pathway, man, we got all kinds of groups available, group studies available, all kinds of ways that you can jump in and uh, begin to grow in your faith. Some of you are gonna have a serving pathway. If somebody asks you, when do you feel closest to God? You're gonna say, when I'm serving, when I'm using my gifts, when I'm giving back to others. Some of you will have a nature pathway. If somebody asks you, when do you feel closest to God? You're gonna be like, man, when I was out in nature, when I was just standing there looking at the mountains, wow, sleeping in a tent, fighting off the bugs, God is real. I have no understanding for that pathway, but that is some of your, I'm like, where's the hotel, man? They have internet there? Uh, but that's your pathway, right? You gotta lean into that if that's your pathway. I know people that have remodeled the backyard of their house to make it a sanctuary so they could go out there at the end of a hard work day and just sit in nature and reconnect with God for a few minutes and kind of rediscover themselves in that moment. Some of you have a music pathway. You know, I get up and talk and you're like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But the music, that's the thing for you. That's what moves you and touches you. That's kind of your pathway. So, hey, I don't know if you should clap at that. Just kidding. So, you know, get in the car, turn it up, let it go, sing, worship, do whatever you got to do to feel like you're connected to God. And that, if you will start leaning into how God's wired you, some of you have an, an intellectual pathway and, you know, you need to continue to be challenged in your thoughts and in your minds. And, you know, one way to do that is jump into Central Academy, take some classes, go deeper, read some, some uh, deeper books, make appointments on your calendar that are just as locked in as other things you would put on your calendar and make them with certain authors, and say, I'm, I'm gonna read this uh, theology book. I'm gonna read it because it's gonna challenge my mind and help me feel fed. You're responsible to find out what you need to do to help yourself feel like you're growing spiritually between weekends. Don't blame a church or blame a pastor or blame a group leader. Take responsibility yourself. And if you'll do that, I promise you, when you come in on the weekend, this is what'll happen. When you come in on the weekend, because your heart's more tender, because you're more connected to God, you're gonna be learning all kinds of things. And you're gonna see all kinds of things in ways you've never seen them before. And that will fire you up to then go out and take that through the week and keep growing spiritually. So get fed, then feed yourself. And then the third area is simply this, feed others. To feed others. Oh, I had a, I had a fork, I forgot my props. I had a fork for feed yourself. Okay, there we go. But what, I, what I've got for feed others, Oh, wait, no, is a chef's knife. Because, you know, sometimes you grow to a place where you got to get back in the kitchen and prepare some food for somebody else and pass it on to them to bring hope and encouragement to them in their life. Check this out, Philippians chapter one, <laughs> beginning in verse nine. We did see that Chucky moment earlier, right? Okay, it says, I pray that your love will what? Overflow. So the whole idea of the faith journey is that your love and my love will overflow. It'll come out of us more and more and that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For, what you, uh, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return.
Paul's saying, listen, we're supposed to overflow out of what God has put into us. So if we're being fed, if we're also feeding ourselves, then we're in a position to feed others and to use our gifts and leverage what God has put in our hearts to bring hope and encouragement to other people. And so it's a cycle. And friends, I've found in my life, when I get to a place where I just feel like, man, I'm, I'm feeding myself, I'm, I'm engaging uh, in, during the week, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to church, but it just still feels like there's this huge piece missing, it may be because you're not leveraging or using the gifts God has given you to feed others. And when you start to spiritually feed others, just through your gifts, whatever he's given you to do, whatever you love to do, man, it can fill you up in a powerful way. So in all of our lives, we've gotta step out of the comfort zone and step into the purpose zone. We've gotta step out of our comfort to step into our purpose. Otherwise, we slide into complacency. So get fed, feed yourself, and feed others. And uh, yeah, I've been thinking about growth a lot the last few weeks. We're, getting, we're, we're kind of at a season in the Wilhite family where there's uh, you know, a lot of transitions, a lot of change. Next week, I take my firstborn child off to college. I'm gonna drop her in a dorm room. I'm gonna drop her off in a dorm room and we're probably gonna drive back in silence, right? Um, and so I, we're excited for her. Many of you, some of you have already been down that road, you know, and you've, you, you're, you're excited for your kids in those, in those moments, but we're also like tender. I mean, I've, I've teared up. I tear up randomly. Crazy. You know, I just start crying. You never know when it's going to come from, right? I just hear a lyric on a song, and I'm like, my baby girl's going away. <laughs> I don't know. But I went in. Uh, so my daughter, uh, I wake her up every morning, ever since she was a little kid. I'm a morning person. I'm the first one up in our house. She is not a morning person. She's an artist, and she is dead to alarm clocks, right? <laughs> dead to alarm clocks. So basically her whole life, I'll go in before she goes to sleep and say, what time do you need to get up? And then, you know, I make sure that I get up and, and I'm ready and I wake her up for when she's, now I probably should have stopped doing this a long time ago, but I didn't. And I didn't because like I'm her dad, you know, like I got her back. That's what I do. I make sure you're up in the morning. That's my job. And so recently, started thinking, well, she's, she's about to go to college and I'm not going to FaceTime her every morning. I might actually, it could happen, but that wasn't my intention. She's going to have to start doing this on her own. So I remember sitting down with her and I just said, Emma, I love you, but I'm not waking you up anymore. And I won't tell you that was an easy conversation for me. She, I probably didn't need to wake her up all year last year. She's got it. But the next morning I went in and I stood at her door. And I thought about thousands of mornings before. And I turned and walked away. Because to grow, she has to take a next step on her own. And I have to start letting go. Turn them to God, right? And just hope you laid a good enough foundation that they can see through all your mistakes and take the good. And so I have. I'm no longer waking her up. If she's late, it's on her. 
But we've had a week of transitions. We've had a week of transitions. Thursday this past week, I come downstairs and our bulldog, Roxy, just over 12 years old, had passed on. No more dirty diapers. I kind of miss them now. No more uh, slobbering all over everybody. You know, a lot to be grateful for there. My daughter was home when this happened. I was thankful for that. Uh, she was still able to get around right up until the end. And I'm also very grateful that we didn't have to make a decision, that it was taken out of our hands. Grateful for those years. You know, if you have pets that you love, it's deep. They're like family and you love them. But here's what I know, whether it's transitions, those that we love passing on or those that we love stepping into new seasons in their life, whatever we're going through, we have a heavenly father that loves us more than we could ever possibly love those who are in our family. We have a heavenly father who's got our back more than we could ever possibly have for anybody in our family. And sometimes he allows me to go through some things. Sometimes he allows you to go through some things because we need to grow up because we need to face some things, because facing some things moves us out of the comfort zone and into the purpose zone. It wakes us up again to what's most important. It reminds us that we gotta be on purpose with our lives. And so friends, I don't know if you've been going through some stuff or not in your life, but if you have been, I want you to know you're not alone. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean God isn't right there with you. It just means he's allowing it to happen. So allow yourself to lean into it and to let it shape you and to let it grow you to prepare you for what he has next for you. And maybe some of you are here today and maybe your next step spiritually in your life is baptism. You've never really taken that step where you've gone under the water and come up out of the water and committed your life to Christ. Baptism is just an outward expression of an inward reality of what God has done in our heart and life. And we go down in the water, we go under the water because we are buried with Christ. We believe he was crucified on the cross and then placed in a tomb and then that he rose again. And so we come up out of the water to walk in new life. Baptism is the first thing believers do all throughout the New Testament after they place their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. It's a marker on the spiritual journey. So if you haven't taken that step in your life, we would love to invite you at the end of our experience to take that step. And maybe you've never even crossed the line of faith. I'd love to just give across all of our locations, anybody who's at a place where they feel like God is tapping them on the shoulder and calling them to come home to him, an opportunity to reach out to God and receive his love and grace in their life. So would all of you please bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, you can begin that journey by repeating this prayer after me. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. And friends, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just slip your hand in the air just to say before God you're gonna follow him in your life. Just to say you're gonna trust him in your life. Slip your hand in the air.
God, we thank you. We thank you today for each person just reaching out to you. We pray you'll heal, forgive, restore, redeem, and do an awesome work in each of their lives, and we commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's put our hands together for those who made spiritual commitments in their life today.